Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRinger.com and joining me on the other line, as always, is Andy Greenwald. What's up, Andy? Oh, hey. hey. Oh, hi. Uh, you know, Andy, it's we have a special guest today because um, over the weekend, a lot of people checked out the new show Reacher on Amazon and it was something of like a, like a salvation for a lot of Reacher fans. A lot of people who've spent a lot of time online, Wherever Reacher fans tend to express themselves, maybe it's zines, you know, 90s style, but mm-hmm. they let their feelings be known that they were unsatisfied with the two Tom Cruise movies about the character Jack Reacher. Um, because honestly, Tom Cruise is too short. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Tom Cruise is just not a big enough guy to play Reacher. Reacher is a giant. Reacher is a big man. Reacher can reach things on high shelves and Tom Cruise just can't do it. And we're so lucky today on the Watch Podcast to have one of the people who were at the forefront of that movement, the hashtag get reacher big movement. And that's Jason Mantzoukas. Welcome back to the podcast, Jason. Here we go, guys. I texted you Thursday when this show (laughs) premiered. Uh I texted you Thursday and I said, Reacher, get involved. (laughs) And let me tell you something. And was I wrong? Yes, I committed myself to this project. You were not wrong. I also want to say, Jason, you've really had a week of giving voice to unexpectedly large <laughs> TV characters. That's true. Actually, it is that's on, true. That's on true. brand for you. We were thinking of you anyway. He's a um, voice for the voiceless. Yeah, you might have thought I was coming on in here to talk about the other big guy that I wanted to talk about. But no, this is all about the enormous giant man who is playing Reacher in this TV show, which I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with it, too. I watched five episodes of Reacher Same. yesterday. Oh, um, I didn't watch them all yesterday, but I watched, watched them five, I'm five in, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just at home. I had no sports. I had, like, there was so many things I could have read and watched, and I just got sucked in to this show. 
Uh, we're going to talk all about it. We're also going to catch up with our buddy Jason, who we haven't had on the podcast in way too long. First, I'll just sort of set this up. For people who don't know, Jack Reacher is uh, the titular character of a series of novels written by a guy named Lee Child, who your dad definitely has some of these books. He has written this twi- is quintessential for dads, by dads, <laughs> to dads. Like this is dad TV, like full stop. It's not uncommon for a dad to have three books. Yeah. The Bible, a baseball almanac, and multiple Reacher novels. Yes. That's ridiculous. Chris. And Bosch. That, this, and this, Bosch. This, and Bosch. This, guys, the Civil War history book Erasure is That's not going to stand. That's okay, true. There's going to be some yeah. kind of, yeah. But otherwise, it's like it's, a lot of books called Uncommon Valor. And they yes. can be about any yes. number of wars, you know, <laughs> just like, what's this one? Oh, it's That's about the right. guys who beat the desert rat. Uh, anyway, Jack Reacher uh, is one of the most popular like crime fiction characters, I think, in the last 40, 50 years, however long you want to go back. There's 27 books. Is um, there really? Yeah, there's 27 novels plus a healthy amount of novellas and short stories. Holy Jason. shit. Okay, so I'm going to admit right here, straight from mm-hmm. the jump. I've never read a Reacher book word. in could, my could, life. No, yeah, I no. have no previous exposure beyond the Tom Cruise movies I, to this character. I think it's important to say that if one were to stack all 27 Lee Child books top, you know, from the ground up, they would still not be as large. Yes. Yeah. As the strapping North Dakotan they've cast to star as the character. Some I don't think it would of, be close. Some sort of human giant. Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's, okay, but... None of us have read the books, right? No, none like, of us I think have read the books. Okay, totally okay. Ignorant. Oh, good, good, good. Okay. But what's very clear is the appeal and the simplicity of the appeal. But I do, I think I, kind we, of lost we were, in the film. We were joking in the beginning, but I do have to say, like, so there's these 27 books. He writes basically one a year, uh, or has been writing one a year. I think there was two one year. I mean, he just grinds these out. It's about a, an ex-military policeman traveling around the country, getting into stuff, solving crimes, making friends, making enemies. And obviously when you've written this many novels about a character and there's this much of a fan base, you're going to have like preconceived notions about who this character is. So the Tom Cruise thing happens. Christopher McQuarrie, a really amazing screenwriter and director. He's made the last couple of Mission Impossible movies, obviously wrote the script for uh, Usual Suspects. He gets involved. He's directing these. They have like a real like 70s Clint Eastwood, Charles Bronson vibe. Like it's a real like hard boiled pair of movies. But you just... For anybody who's ever read the Jack Reacher novels, it was a crime against nature that Tom Cruise was playing this character. Am I right? Yeah. Well, the understanding, my understanding was from the books, he is meant to be like the, what is the, and forgive me, what's the Alan actor? Richson is the name Alan of the Alan Richson, yeah. Richson, who plays Reacher in the series, fits the profile that is the description of Jack Reacher, which is he is giant. He is imposing. <laughs> yes. He is an enormous, threatening physical presence, which is not, to be frank, Tom Cruise. You right. know, and, and, a, and a silent, looming presence, right? And he's yes. kind of like a like a a kind of um, military Ronin, and that like he he just wanders the country, he gets off of a bus, perfect, he breaks some arms, solves some crimes, beds it's a like, lady. It's and like on. the nineteen eighties. 1980s Hulk, Incredible Hulk TV show. Yes. Except that it, he is both Bruce Banner and the Incredible Hulk at the same time. And the movies cast Bill Bixby. And they <laughs> yes. forgot about Lou Ferrigno, which was a huge yes. mistake. And, exactly. and I also think one of the things that needs to be mentioned about these books is that Lee Child doesn't exist. It's a pseudonymous name. It's oh. actually a British man named James Grant. Okay. And these books 
Oh. I mean, these stories, and at least again, I haven't read the books, but these stories, am I now growing interest in them and enthusiasm <laughs> for them? One of the reasons why I like them so much is that it very clearly is a British guy named James's version of America yeah. with a giant walking around crushing skulls. It reminds me a little bit, it would be like a, in a way, kind of like a like a, a pornographic film directed by Steve Carell's character in the 40-year-old version. <laughs> like, <laughs> this doesn't look, you know, like cobbled know, like, together from I like- I know like 40% of what this should be like. Yeah, yeah. like here's, like I kind of heard that you can beat people up and that towns work well, like this I'm, and no, things happen I'm sure in prison. What I'm sure is happening is like when the, when the chief of police gets killed- Right. The mayor just takes over with his diamond-tipped cane and Colonel Sanders' accent <laughs> and takes over the police I mean, department. We have a lot to talk about the cane, including <laughs> veteran character actor Bruce McGill was handed so a good. cane and say, Bruce, in this scene, I want you to hold your cane, but also shake hands. So you're going to yeah. have to figure out the cane. And yeah. McGill's we're gonna like, I've been an actor for juggling. 40 years. Yeah, yeah. I, can I was do in this. the fucking insider, man. I can figure this out. Holy but also, shit. there is something, you know, we talk about this a lot. And I think all three of us enjoy uh, certain comforts of our entertainment. And there's something so, so familiar about the idea of a character, doesn't matter who he is or how large he is, although that does kind of make an impact, walking into a town and just telling everybody how to do their jobs. Oh, yes. and, and with, everyone and, being like, and, thank you. And staring everybody down with a withering, st- and then rescuing a dog. Like he is, it's really impeccable for me. And I don't know, you know, we're all, I'm a little bit older than you guys, but we're all roughly the same age. For me, this is scratching that itch that is. Like, this is another show that I've been re-watching throughout the pandemic is Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I. Yeah. This is Magnum P.I., like, for now, like, premium TV version of a Magnum P.I., right? I know there's a a reboot of Magnum P.I. that already exists, but I'm saying, like, the ex, you know, Thomas Sullivan Magnum, ex-naval intelligence officer, Vietnam War vet, like all 80s leading men. Um, and, you know, the people that he relies on to help him solve cases in Hawaii. Now, this different in that it's a season long case, but it is scratching that exact same just one guy chasing down clues in an era where all of this would be done on the computer. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have so many, none, none so many thoughts is, about like the way that this they, is necessary. The the difference between what they decide is worth a phone call versus what they decide is worth driving 40 miles to go yes. ask somebody a question yeah. is stunning. And then when they're just like, our phones could be tapped, it's like, do you think that they just started tapping the phones? Cause you've been using them the whole time. I mean, there's some amazing massaging, but Jason, you're absolutely right. Like I was thinking a little bit, like it has a little bit of first season justified vibes where yeah. it was a little bit more case of the week that season uh, until it got more into the, uh, the Boyd stuff. But yeah, like this is like the best CBS procedural you can imagine with more leg breaking and cursing. Yeah. I, I the, the comp I would make is a show that I love. Jason, I don't know if you ever checked out. It was a show called Banshee that was oh, on. Uh, you know, I, I watched like, I don't know, maybe a handful of them when it came out. And I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Uh, but other people have mentioned that show. I feel like I need to go back to it. It's um, Homelander, right? I'm forgetting his name. Yes, Anthony right? Starr's yeah. first Thank starring you. role in American TV. So that might be a reason for other people to check it out. Um, it was a absolute, like it, it was, it was, it was a kind of an incredible show because this was when Cinemax was like, we'll have original shows too, but we also want this to go, 
you know, very smoothly in our scheduling next to like Midnight Caller episode three, Vegas Blues or whatever, yeah, which was the name of Steve Carell's character's pornographic <laughs> film. And so there's a lot of gratuitous nudity and punching and stuff, but it leans in and it's like, this is a yeah. pulpy show. This makes sense. It was created by a bunch of novelists who, you know, loved the form and weren't necessarily commenting on it. Jonathan Did the Crawford, same David people Schickler. do Quarry? No, although that, and I, and I think that's similar vibe more. though, right? Similar vibe. Like yeah, we, right. we know this genre and we're going to yes. celebrate it, not mock it. And Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and like Banshee, so the, the, I think some people listening might be like, did Greenwald m- mind it when he gouged the eye out with a thumb? Listener, I didn't mind it. That's what happens <laughs> in Gen Pop. I think we all know that. And I, I think that honestly, like, if you had watched Mayor of Kingstown, that jail fight was honestly light work. That was just like <laughs> that was just some throat clearing for fucking Mayor of Kingstown. By the way, I've already texted this to Chris, but I think that for an upcoming podcast, maybe we can do it live at the Aspen Ideas Festival. We do need to have a roundtable conversation about carceral reform with uh, the showrunner of Reacher and Taylor Sheridan. But what I was going to say is, I'm going to. I would just like to pitch a show. Yeah. Just because we're all we're right now in an era where we're watching like the Mandalorian crash into Boba Fett. Yeah. We're watching these shows kind of find each other. Yes. Interlock inside of each other. I want Mayor v. Mayor. East yeah. Town versus yes. Kingstown. Renner versus you know I mean? Winslet. Yeah. I want I want the Mayorverse. <laughs> Give me the Mayorverse. <laughs> I like the inherent verbal stutter in it, too. The way you're yeah. saying that, too, we, makes it sound like maybe we should just have Rooney Mara and Kate Mara also in there, just, like, yeah. playing... Uh, Mayor Winningham. Mayor yeah, Winningham. Mayor Winningham, Mayor Winningham is at the, the tag at the end of the credits. Like, <laughs> did someone call? You know, and then... Yes. Um, just the thing about Banshee for me was, it was just, like, five degrees better than it needed to be at the start for me to be like, yeah. okay. And I was a little bit on the fence about this, and then Harvey... Ge- yeah, and then Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows shows up as Amazing. the as yeah. the the um the you're adorable. You were like I was out until the mortician. <laughs> no, the, but I was like, there's an opportunity, right? Like if yeah. you're making the show, every character you cast is an opportunity to do something with it, other than to be a wall for Reacher to bang his fist off of, right? And like the casting of of an actor who's really funny and livens up every scene makes it a little bit better than it needs to be. Like you get character actor Bruce McGill, you get Will Fitzgerald, who I'm sure we're going to talk about, who's really good in a part that could just be the cop that he seems well, that's like what to I was sleep with. Say, You're ahead like, of me, earmuffs. They really you know. are like doing such a good job because this could have been like a, you cast that guy and everybody else just kind of fades into the yeah. background, yeah. right? But they've done a great, everybody's good. Everybody has great character point of view, great actors that they cast. Like everybody, the ensemble is great, even though primarily you're with Reacher, yes. you know, but the, they surround him with people who not only can hold their own with him, but are themselves well, super interesting characters. Not physically. It should be noted not, they yes, cannot right. handle themselves not physically. physically. <laughs> so there's another <laughs> part of this that I really love though, which is I did not know this about the Reacher character. The, the two movies are pretty good, but they... Definitely, I, I respectfully disagree. I well, watched him recently, and I, I think that like the reason I like the movies is because they feel like Dirty Harry or Death yeah, Wish. Grimy, I sure. like them. Yeah, they're really grimy. Um, they don't necessarily sing um, investigative genius. That version of the character is not yeah. like a very perceptive guy, at least as far as I remember. This is basically this show is Swolock Holmes. 
Like yeah. this guy. <laughs> Wait, did you write that down? I did. You did. I, you, I did. I did. Of course. When? I was like, when but did I just you think ta- of that? Uh, I want to know when you thought of that and when you wrote it down. Well, like what episode I was watching? <laughs> yeah. Wait, like, did, so- did you turn to your wife and go, I so, just thought Jason, of something? Let me tell you something. My wife's not watching Reacher. <laughs> your wife's Reacher. not watching Reacher? Okay. <laughs> well, well, I do want to see the scratch pad. You know what I mean? Like, like the moleskin notebook where you've written down all the alts. No, this guy it's is like essentially... Sherlock Arms. No, that's, that doesn't work. B- big mm. <laughs> headlock Holmes. No, I know it's there. I know it's there. I'm just going to keep pushing it. Will you guys let me just have credit for my bit? You know, like I said, Swolock Holmes. Like, so he basically J- is. Jason this... and I are improvisers, Chris. That's the thing. <laughs> oh yes, and you're more We're of yes a guy. you. We're yes anding you. Uh, he is just like an incredible investigator, and he does all of this. Uh, I, you know, he walks into a room and he's like. You're standing like this and you're looking at me like that, which means you serve time, but you have like a bad left shoulder and all this stuff. And it's like it actually engages the brain as well as like I like watching a six foot five man fold another man in half and then (laughs) put him inside of a trunk after he shot him in the back. Well, that's what I like. I I, yes, I agree. And what I like about the show is his investigative prowess is displayed not a lot of times preemptively. Like he will, he will give you his observations because they are clearly how he's processing a scene that he's walking into rather than people being like, sometimes in movies and stuff, they'll be like, why did you do that? Or how did you know? And he'll be like, oh, well, I know because da, 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 da. And it'll be like a post explanation. What I like about him is like, he's constantly offering information up beforehand. He's telling you everything he's ascertained based on the lay of the land of where he's how he's landed and what's happening. And that is for an ex-military guy, what I'm assuming is constantly going on. Are you, are you referring on. to yourself as an ex-military guy? Like you're just like, you, yeah. you appreciate oh, yeah. that attention <laughs> no, to detail? Him, him as an ex-military. I'm not, this is not stolen valor. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he is. And then he just straight up can like, you know, like you said, fold a human being in half, <laughs> cracking legs to fold a dead human being in half to put to fit three people, three corpses in a trunk. Yeah. And then he'll just and, you know, and he'll say he has like a very clear moral code about like why he's he's he should be allowed to do what he's allowed to do. He's punishing bad guys. We get some very touching flashbacks of his childhood where we just see a lot of his principles get built. So shout out to the trauma narrative. Andy, like, uh, I know that you're a little bit behind me and Jason, but am I on the right track here? Are we talking about the right kind of things that are attracting you to the show? Yeah, well, I mean, I think first of all, just in case we have it, we've glossed over it, like the show is doing what I think fans of the book series have always wanted. And I think that what people who like week to week TV also want, you know, it, it is very, very like clean. He each season seems like it's going to be a novel. And they've started with the first one, which I think is called Killing Floor. It's which my I favorite would be credit the card. All of like them. the title card where it's just like based on the killing floor by Leo Chitley Child, as well as the character that he created. I, I mean, th- that that is the most the author is an executive producer card I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm just not finding out is that Lee Child is not a real person. Yes. Now, what I would love to do is start writing books about Lee Child yeah. doing, doing walking adventures. Through, walking through the England. adventures of Lee Child while he's writing the Reacher books. Going down to the shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like very, very... I interviewing also the, barbers. The, the, the most Jack Reacher... <laughs> Tell me what blues music is. <laughs> um, the, the most Jack Reacher thing, I think, I think I'm okay saying this, about the show Reacher 
is that like all programs on Amazon Prime Video, when it begins, it gives you the option to skip intro. And the intro is essentially one quick punch to the nose. The intro yeah. is, it just says Reacher, based on the book <laughs> Jack Reacher by Lee Child. And then it starts. Yeah. And I can't imagine like how focused, how stripped down to the bone are Reacher fans that they're like, this is extra. Oh, this what, frilly bit at the yes. beginning is getting <laughs> in the way. What I love is at some point somebody came to the showrunner and was like, hey, the music supervisor or somebody and said, hey, I pulled <laughs> yes. a bunch of tracks that we could use to go over the opening credits. And they were like, no, 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 no. No opening credits. <laughs> dads, dads don't want opening credits. Dads we don't know how to straight, hit the skip button. Straight yes. to punches. We got to do straight to punches. And, and we should we should say the man's name. Nick Santora is the yeah. uh, showrunner here. And he previously worked on... Um, uh, Scorpion. He did the, he did, uh, yes, and the, the Quibi reboot of Fugitive. Uh, I think he's oh, doing great okay. work in the longer form of yes. Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Am I glad this isn't a quick bite, a.k.a. a Quibi? Not at all. This is a sumptuous, sumptuous <laughs> repast. Um, this is a Libby. I, a I, long I, bite. Did you just pick that up? <laughs> I did. Or did you write that down? So get Chris, Katzenberg. Siri, call Katzenberg. Chris, that's how it's done. <laughs> I could that's have lied. I could have been like, oh, it just occurred to me. <laughs> if Amazon Prime, I know they're listening, if they had marketed the Underground Railroad as a Libby, do you think yeah, that like yeah. you would have you know communicated to a wider audience? Okay, so I I'm not, and this is typical for this podcast. We're going to comment on something we don't know about, but Jason's here, and maybe you can weigh in. We didn't. Chris and I just said maybe we would, and then we just ultimately didn't engage with Wheel of Time, the big fantasy adaptation that's been on sure, Amazon same. this year. Yes. That said, the opinion I've had of it, based on extensive <laughs> research, which is to say, I heard about it and I talked to yeah. one person who and likes you watched it. the trailer. Yeah. I don't remember if I did, but we probably podcasted about it, so I must have, maybe. But it seems with the, the it, that show seems to have hit its mark in the sense that that book series has many, many, many fans, and oh, those yeah. fans are very happy, and they watch the show. Yes. And the potential audience beyond those fans seems to be people who are like, I also, I like fantasy stories, and I'm not that picky about, I don't need fantasy stories to be like, grown up in sexy HBO fantasy stories. I don't need them to be, I just want a fantasy story. And here it is. This seems to be what Amazon's TV strategy maybe always should have been considering they were a bookseller at one point, you know, before they also mm. started selling toilet paper oh, or yeah. whatever, which is people love these books. They buy them at the airports. They read them at the beach. They want their stories. And so just use the long form, the Libby, if you will. Yeah. To tell those stories, and especially with such a simple story as this, he walked in every season. I guess he's going to get off a bus in a different town, and by the way, give it to me immediately. Like, and, yeah. and what I'm we've what overthought I'm this. Is my, my that's what I was about to say is in many ways, I feel like in chasing like these unique prestige TV moments or these monocultural like TV things. Um, that are that are kind of like, oh my God, uh, Station Eleven, incredible, incredible show, right? But like every Netflix, Amazon, every streamer, HBO, every network should be able to put out something as good as Reacher always. Yes. Like everybody should have a Reacher. This, this, and, and, and not to take anything away from the incredible people who are doing wonderful work on Reacher. And to be fair, you know, everybody should have a Reacher is something that I was, sh people shouted that at me at Times Square all the time outside of certain movie theaters that were there. Sure. Everybody, <laughs> everybody should have a Reacher. And, and you were saying, and they were trying to hire you to be the Reacher. <laughs> they, they were, they were just encouraging me to sample it. Yeah. Um, 
But I, to me, I'm like, why doesn't this, why aren't there, there should be an endless amount of these. Now, in the way that you're describing for the fantasy heads, you know, they, they have Wheel of Time, they have Foundation, they have Raised by Wolves, they have, whether it's sci-fi or high fantasy or whatever, all that, there are all these shows. Why, I want one, I want a million versions of, not a million, but you know, like everybody should be able to execute something as good as Reacher at all times. And it's in funny, my opinion. It, it, there is like, it, you know, I think you start to get very like into these narrow sub genres because this is essentially like when you get to the end of a Netflix show, like let's say you watch like some British mystery on Netflix, they're just like, here's seven more of those. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like they, they are very good <laughs> at being like, here is, did you, it seems like you like Nordic crime. Boy, do I have some other Nordic crime shows to sell you. But this is a very specific thing, right? Like, this is like a, a hugely popular already, like a hugely popular character. But I don't want to take away from what they've done with this show. Mm-hmm. Because in the opening seconds, and Andy, I know you're a skeptical viewer. When you see this guy get off the bus, mm-hmm. and it's he's just a giant man. Like, this is a big, big guy. Uh, there is a little bit of like, is this going to work? And then slowly over the course of that first episode, and certainly over the five that I've seen, you just completely buy into this, what could be like a gimmick or what could be kind of like, oh, like, I'm not, like, is this like a, am I watching like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie from the 90s where like this guy's just going to like kill nine people yet not get in trouble? And instead it just kind of works itself into this good groove. It's it's kind of amazing because, and, and we don't need to harp on it, but there, the only thing that I was bumping on in the beginning was there's something that is, there's a little bit of a, the Toronto of it all. And no disrespect to the great city to the north. Wow. I, I, I want well. to hear that, Canada. This. You hear that, Canada? <laughs> what I mean is this is supposed to be a small town in Georgia. It is not. Yeah. Um, Which is ironic choices. because all TV shows are shot I know. in suburban Atlanta, except for the <laughs> one set outside of Atlanta. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, there are no words for this. Like a friend yeah. of mine who wrote a show specifically set in Austin, Texas, because both there are tax credits there now and because she lives there. And they were like, we love the Austin of it. So we're going to shoot it in Atlanta. Like it's just <laughs> it, it's just this constant game of like budget parcheesi and you don't actually get where you want to be usually. But but, you know, so like when he sits down at the beginning, and you know, I was paying attention to this and he goes into the diner and he orders the best piece of peach pie in the state. And it looks like something that Sarah Lee took out of the freezer <laughs> yeah. because it was not, it was no longer a viable product, you know, or like when they go into Roscoe's house and her house is four walls with a bureau against one of the walls yeah. and a rug with mud on it. And she's like, my home has been despoiled, <laughs> you know, but it's almost like they're putting on the play of Reacher. It doesn't matter. I there don't know that, if it's COVID or budget. It's just like we're we are all in the orbit of this massive. It's well. Star. This is a this is a Who Dogma ninety five. It it obeys <laughs> yes. all of the Dogma yes. ninety five contracts. You know, it is it is all natural light. You know, no, I'm just kidding. But it's what if Lars von Trier is actually <laughs> Lee Child? Holy shit, <laughs> that would be incredible. Whoa, you just pulled the rug off this thing. That's um, incredible. But there is. You're absolutely right. But what I'll say is, none of it bothers me. None. No. None of it bothers me. I gave it's up. Like. It's super pulpy. It's super like it's just got a great. It's got great momentum. Every it's driving straight through episode to episode. I watched like I'm watching this in chunks. It is juicy. I am enjoying it. And part of it is this incredibly magnetic performance by this enormous the largest man. person. We should yeah. talk and about I wanted, him. I want to say this like really. And Andy, having made a TV show, I'm curious what you'll say to this. 
I'm constantly thinking about how they're framing shots. Oh my God. When he's standing next to his co-stars who are normal miniature people people. compared to him. Yeah, right. Like, and and it feels, it, you never feel it. You, it never feels like weird or off or bizarre or, it, it is so organic to have this gigantic man inside of this world. It's really, it's, well, it's they, really they well Well, they make done. it such a huge part of the show. And this is yes. what they didn't have with Cruise, where it's yeah. like, first of all, I would love to know, like, what the prop master and whoever was in charge for this kind of thing. Because you always hear stories about every other TV show or movie up until now where they're like, well, we had to dig a hole for the actress to stand in so that she yeah. wasn't taller than this guy, or we have to get this guy a, a you know like a little wooden box to stand An on apple box, a half yeah. apple. But that's now the reverse. Like now, yeah. it's like they probably have to even shrink down like how big Alan Richardson is. But I feel like they make it such like it's it's implied in every scene that his size is like the determining factor of what's happening, and it 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 makes it like it it makes so much communicated without actually having to say, wow, it's a really big fucking guy. Yeah, well, you know he's I mean? silent for the first five minutes of the show and it only works because of the physical performance. Yeah. The, the and, scenes where, he, his, where people threaten him and he just turns around and looks at them and they back down. I mean, he, he stops a domestic violence incident. Yeah, throughout, silently. there are numerous scenes where he uses silent, his own silence as a way to antagonize people, as a way to, for long stretches, you know, long stretches of silence where his silence upsets people because he's not talking, which is really great. I like that he's not quippy. He's not jokey. Yes. He's not flip. He's not like he's he he's really and neither is he deadpan. Like he's giving a great like emotive performance. Mm-hmm. Like his brother has died. He's just finding this out. Spoiler alert for the first episode. I'm, I apologize. But, you know, we're talking about it. But, you know, there's so much emotion going on for him, but it's it's he's doing an incredible job of letting it be there without having it be his engine and without also having there be this kind of what a character like this would otherwise have is a kind of wise crackiness, which yes. I would not I which I would not like, Frank. No. And, you and, know? and, you know. Jason, you're you're a professional jokester. I mean, I I, I often that's, say that's like, what yeah, jokester. That's that's, that's, that's what the business what I call card myself. says. You lo- yep. you love funning and giggles. I often give that note. Like I like things to have a little sense of lightness or fun or humor or whatever. That's all wrong here. Yeah, I understand that. And and every screenwriter or nearly every screenwriter would be like, let me just let me tell a little curly couple curly cues here. You know? Oh just, yeah, I can imagine for, it as like a Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Yeah, you know, and he's just kind of quipping his way through. And I'm like, I would be like, no, thank you. It's you so, know, and that, the smartest thing here is what they didn't do. I think yes. they just didn't, they, they didn't F it up, you know? And, and they didn't give in to those kind of what would yeah. be, or, and it's also, and the, sorry, I'm going to go one more. It's all, and I hate to say what shows aren't, but it's also not self-serious the way that Bosch is. Oh, no is. way. Yeah. Bosch is constantly self-mythologizing, you know, itself in a way that Reacher is not so far, as, as, as so far as it, I can tell. No, and it, and it, and it, allow it cracks some smiles like it's not in a way that is very pleasant and like again we should shout out alan richardson who i was joking with you guys before we recorded his his imdb page is like a witness protection document for trying to keep someone from my eyes like he's been (laughs) on the cw superhero shows he's been on like a sci-fi action series he was on titans which is on hbo max but he's also got this weird like variety show streak where he was on american idol where he did like I really? guess this infamous striptease oh, wow. for Paul Abdul. Oh my he, god! He 
has done like a bunch of like stuff like this. And then he's also a musician and he has like a single that you can listen to on streamers where it's called Mojito. And it's like this, this electro pop song. How old it, it, is this dude? He's, he's a 39 year old man from North okay. Dakota. Oh, okay. Got it. Got he's it. lived life. He's lived a life. He has a web series with a buddy called enormous friends. His okay. vibe does not seem to be that of what, a, I will hobo. say, one of, one of the things that I'm really enjoying about his performance and, and probably about the sh- one of the things that's helping me get into the show is I, like you, had no experience with him. Yeah, I, haven't yeah. all, I haven't seen any of those shows either. I think I saw one episode of Titans. But one of the things that I'm enjoying is the discovery of mm-hmm. Alan Richson. Richson? Richson, yeah. It sounds dude. It's like you're fucking. No, this is the thing. It's like you guys were killing it, man. (laughs) He's absolutely crushing this show and crushing bodies in his hands where he takes risks and just makes them like shattered. And and also that's in a sweet spot where we we mentioned her already, but Willa Fitzgerald, who plays the co-star at least for this season, she was she was the star of uh, Dare Me, um, which is Megan Abbott's show that was on USA, and she's clearly a really good actor who I've. Other oh, yeah. than Dare Me, have, don't have that much familiarity with. This could be the most thankless role on television, and it's yes. and she's lively and she's fun and she has she's you know she has good chemistry with this mountain of a person. And there's you know it gets to a scene where they're just like flirting, and you're like, I buy this too, and sure. that stuff's hard. Well, and the, and as you go on, like the, her character has even more like more of a story opens up for her as well, which gives her even more room to do some terrific acting. Yeah. All of the stuff that you guys are saying about, you could have like these types, these archetypes and they could just be the surface level. Like what's the bare minimum execution we could do of this giant man, his cop sidekick, the skeptical detective who's also in it, uh, Finley. But it kind of goes along with the Toronto of it all that you're saying, where it's like, I don't actually... I realize, like, I complain a lot about, like, oh, not feeling like this is um, lived in or, like, that the, you know, production design or set design of certain shows doesn't feel like an actual place. It just feels like a backlot thing. But if you're going to make it feel anonymous, make it feel anonymous in every single scene so that it's almost like the that's the, the bit. Like, the bit is this guy walking in the town in, of Margrave, and when you see a restaurant, the restaurant is called Bar and Grill. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just yeah. like, fine. And when you walk into people's homes, they should all look like staged homes at the end yes. of Property Brothers. Well, that's the thing. When you go to Finley's house, who, uh, uh, shout out to Malcolm Goodwin, who's doing incredible work as Finley. When you go to his house, it literally looks like, a nut- it looks like they pulled out, you know, a bunch of sets from a, a show from 50 years ago <laughs> and, and, and just threw them up and we're like, he lives here. Uh, d- don't worry about it. There, There is a Reacher-esque minimalism that extends yeah. to every every corner of the production that actually and, works for it. And because Reacher is so kind of, um, because they give so little, Reacher gives so little, all of these supporting characters have to give much more. Yeah. So everybody is doing so much more and giving you so much more personality, so much more character. Bruce McGill, you said earlier, incredible. Like like these great character actor performances because they're surrounding someone who's like a giant who's mostly being quiet. Before before we we I, I, was, I don't know why I'm assuming we're done talking about Reacher we probably aren't but I, uh, I did want to ask you about Malcolm I'm, Goodwin. I'm here for hours more. yeah I got I got a lot more to say <laughs> Malcolm Goodwin plays uh, Finley who's the yeah. you know who's the I, I who gives the orders here Reacher you know yeah yep 
He say he's, he's doing good work. He's doing he was good a, work. He the was first a, episode, de- a detective, a Harvard-educated detective from Boston who the Margrave Police Department recruited to come be the chief detective of their small town slash where they have stooge. not had a murder for 20 years. Right. And now they have like Nine. upwards of 12 murders <laughs> in, in four episodes. <laughs> I think it's something South that American like mercenaries sh- are running <laughs> rampant through this town. <laughs> he, he, I, I wonder, it's intentional. I think they figured out a way to balance it out. In the first episode, he, he said he's doing good work. He's doing all the work. Like, he, oh, yeah. he, he is throwing 120 mile per hour heaters in every scene that he's in. You know, he has to. He has to, he has to because he's, he's just, getting so little back. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild in that first episode, man. He is, oh, yeah. He's on but, he, but again, like as you go on, like these characters just get more and more interesting. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I'm like in on this show. I got yeah. so stoked when I, I got excited the way that when I started watching Yellowstone, I was like, yes, I'm in. Yeah. Give me all of this. But there's also these like little things that like we, we watch, as you said, Jason, television that challenges us and, and maybe elevates us or whatever. But we are simple people with our lizard yeah. brains, you know, and there's a moment in episode two of Reacher where the three principals are like, well, we've learned we can trust each other. And I think <laughs> I got a little heart flutter. <laughs> yes. It's like all, all any of us want are friends. There's it's, all, you know, it's, it's just it, us against the world. It's you. It's, it's the three of us. Yeah. Play the hits. Cause they're hits for a reason. They have uh, the mystery of this show. And Andy, I won't give away too much, but obviously what starts out as like a murder investigation becomes a, a conspiracy that reaches the highest levels of power in Margrave, Georgia. Um, if not the United States itself. I know. And the, there's there's definitely like seven guys named Pete who are <laughs> mm-hmm. all There's I think Pete, there's a little Pete. There's like there's like there's Pete, but then they're oh you're looking for Pete's dad. You're talking about Petey, but then there's like Oh a, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's like so many people who are dead who There's a lot of juniors. Yeah, in this and they've show. Been there's a killed. lot of juniors. I got to talk to you about KJ Jason. So KJ is is um basically like the Johnny from Karate Kid who drives yes. around town. His dad yep. like owns the town yeah. and he if if you asked me to describe his haircut, I would just say hair like yeah. he just has <laughs> hair. Like he, he is has just the, hair. the most perfect anonymous person. It's so great. Everybody dresses so anonymously in this show that when Reacher is like, I smell a little gamey because I've been on a bus and been kidnapped and in jail. So he's like, I'm going to a thrift store to replace my clothes. And he goes into this thrift store. He, first of all, he's giant man. So like sizing, I guess would be an issue. Not in this thrift store. And he perfectly <laughs> matches the outfit that he was wearing before where he's like cool short sleeve Henley jeans that perfectly fit. And now he's ready to rock. And like an anonymous coat, you know, like yes, he, and he's, a cool coat. And, and, and some episodes later when he, when for reasons that I won't explain, he needs to replace his clothes again. He replaces them with clothes out of a donation dumpster, like a clothes donation dumpster, and still manages to find clothes his size. The most amazing thing with this is like the sort of bits that they do that I, like you're saying, Andy, I just don't mind. Like in real life, no one would ever try it with Jack Reacher. Like if Jack Reacher came by and was like, you're not water giving your dog enough water, you wouldn't be like, get off my property. You'd be like, like, would you like a dog? I would be like, would you like to move in? Would you like some of my clothes? <laughs> you know, like, but there, every single guy in Margrave everybody has a little bit it. of shit to say to Reacher and oh, gets his wrist broken for it. Everybody feels comfortable stepping up to Jack Reacher, which seems, which when it's Tom Cruise, I'm like, okay. Yeah. But when it's this guy, I'm like, I would, I would be terrified. I would be like, 
What? How can I help you, sir? It, what? what do you need? In retrospect, the idea that the same character would, could be imagined as a bantam-sized, nearly sixty-year-old man. <laughs> you know, literally. My favorite yes, like, scene so far. Uh, speaking of just like getting as many characters involved, is uh, the town hall scene. Andy, did you get a chance to see that yet? Because that's where Bruce McGill really gets introduced, yeah, of course. right? Oh, that's where it gets that. That's where it starts to feel like it's uh, like a up. Stars Hollow Gilmore Girls yes, episode. Where, where like, I'm like, what is what is going on? There's like townsfolk who stand up and they're like, if you can't protect us from them, who's to say you can protect us from him? And it's like no one has ever been this involved in local <laughs> civic politics outside Never. of like like so like. Well, I guess that's now not true anymore. But like, there was just like. A completely full auditorium yes. full of like like a church. Just Wasn't being like, like I gotta get down like there a... and let my voice be heard. And <laughs> yeah, oh. and, and they're all like, they're all like, ever since he came into town, we ain't been safe no more. Yeah, for, for what it's worth, guys, I I made a recurring donation to Act Blue in 2020, and now I get solicitation emails daily from the Margrave City Council. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I am fo- laser focused on the issues of that particular. Region. But I would like to see a Margrave City like City Hall like City Council meeting conducted on Zoom. Where it's just like, oh, uh, wait, uh, buddy, buddy who uh, has the Salvation Army store, he would like to get, no, you're on mute. You're, you're, you're muted. Nobody, it's just the button right there. Like, can, can I, can I, is it too soon to pitch a Reacher spinoff? Because oh, I think this, what the story that I want, and you know, again, I'm only a couple episodes in, is I want the story of Sleepy Margrove George's only qualified trauma surgeon <laughs> and what his Got week it. has been like as yeah. the ambulances don't stop coming he's like and just like what the soft is going damage. on yeah well that you're, you're saying um what's the actor's name from what we do in the shadows who's the mortician harvey Gee. um yes he's so good but like whenever we come back to him we sh- he should literally be like what's going on yeah this is i've never processed but that's the best part is what he does life get in and the guy has had made he's been tortured a man has yeah. been tortured he's like holy shit this guy got tortured <laughs> It's amazing. It, which I appreciated because I was like, yes, if you were in small town Georgia and this insane act, vi- act of violence happened, you would be like w- way out of your element. Yeah, you know? I, and I'm enjoying that they're casting really good actors to to play out all those parts, you know? Last thing, I just need your opinion on this, guys. There's a there's a crucial moment in the first episode when um, Reacher, Reacher's doing a little time temporarily in, yeah. in, in the big yard where people act just like they do. <laughs> in all <laughs> television shows and movies from the 1980s about prison. And he's there with a guy who's can't hack it. He's not going to make it, not going to survive in gen pop. And uh, there's just a throw. There's not much fat on on the meat here, right? But there is that moment where he's just like, I was hoping that the speaker system here in the prison would play a Beatles song because I love oh. a band called the Beatles. I listen to the Beatles music and the Beatles music calms me down. He's reading it and like then, it's like a ransom note. <laughs> I, couldn't, I also couldn't figure out like, it, why is there a radio in the prison cell? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. And I, I, I imagine they probably had a lot of fun with that in the edit where maybe they put in the star song that's Mojito that's into in, the scene. Maybe that's in um, British prisons and the author didn't realize that's it's, not, they don't have radios in American prisons. But but then later when we go to the same man's house, there is a, in in his large walk-in closet, in addition to the yeah. shoes, there is a actual shrine to the famous Liverpudlian combo, the Beatles, yeah. with all the records displayed 
and action figures, like yellow submarine yeah. action figures, which is just a normal this man, way to, by the way, to has engage children. music. Yeah. <laughs> this man has children. That would yeah. be a spot where you might have pictures of your kids or something yep. like that. There's also he has no art on part. the walls yeah. in any house in Margrave, but this guy has like the mono recording of let it be like, please, please me. <laughs> because this is the thing. I'm now starting to think, and maybe we can talk to this guy. Nick Was it Nick Santora? Is that his name? Like, Yeah. I, if you talk to him, I want in on that. You're on. Jason, oh, you're, you, you, yeah. And also, Nick, Nick, put. I want in on season two. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, you've heard my Southern accent already. I'm killing it. Chase, you were kind enough to say this, that like when I did make a TV show, there are decisions to be made constantly. Like, what is the art hanging in this person's office? And you can waste a day or a week being like, this person has this interior mind state. So this is the artist my I would understanding like to do or whatever. Is every piece of art in your show, you personally painted i did thank you, you not you, enough people all have of it that. is your art and you sell it you sell it from episode two of briar patch you sell yep. it boom yeah great andyspicks.com um that's me this is my web store boy i'm worried about what that website is that's where um, that's where like, they sell they sell reachers if you know what i mean but, oh. but like but now on this show it's like it's as close as you can get to them asking the prop department for a frame and then writing on a piece of scrap paper art picture here and putting it yeah. on the wall. Like they're, yeah. they're just not worried about those details. And there's something very pure about that. I, I, I agree. Very relaxing. It is, it is, this is going down so smooth. The only thing show. I'm bummed out about is the inevitability that this guy has to move on. Like I, yeah. I don't want to leave Margrave. I want to know. I'm so, I love that. And I'm, but, but I want is, I want it to immediate, I want it to be down for two weeks and then immediately come back <laughs> with the next case. You know? I think, I think it's you, a pretty big success. You want this guy working. Yeah. I want this guy working constantly. <laughs> I would, maybe we could get like some expanded universe stuff going. Maybe David Simon can get involved with like a show me a hero, but like for the Margrave okay. city council, like maybe we could get like a bunch of stuff happening. I'm just worried about Alan Richson, like making sure he's maintaining his necessary caloric intake. So to do you wow. part for the next 30 years? Because already to in have that show, body. Yes. He had to he, put on muscle for the show. Oh, and oh, yeah. Wow. And he tore his oblique elbowing a like guy off of his own body <laughs> but he was like it's a very painful injury oh. and i was like no shit like that usually when you tear an oblique you're done for the season well here's what i'll say which i'm really which we've kind of touched on but i want to like really kind of hit home is yes it's a detective show yes it's kind of a great kind of pulpy crime you know uh detective show but there is very good action set pieces yes throughout that are, for the most yeah. part fights they are they are, you know, hand-to-hand fights. It's, this isn't a lot of like, oh, great, I've got a machine gun. We're having a gunfight, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of close-up fighting. Um, and I that is very satisfying. It's really like, it, it, he and he's good at selling it, and they're good at um, shooting the actions. Because a lot of times in TV shows, that stuff can feel kind of wonky. Yes. Or, you, you like, know, I think they get out above their skis in some shows. Like, for instance, there's an episode like, episode three or four, and you think there's going to be a very long, big car set piece chase. And yeah. that like cars are going to start flipping and that cars... And it's just like, they know what they've got. They've got one yes. guy driving a generic car being followed by two guys in a generic car. And then instead of doing like a lot of like real big stunt driving things, they're just like, this guy's going to pull off to the side of the road and then kill these guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, let's just keep things and grounded. And the economy of it and like the surprise of that moment and how it goes down is what makes the show interesting. Yeah. You know, it is subverting those, what you would, instead of sometimes heightening the action to like action movie levels, instead they 
they they make it a lot more like actually he would actually do this yeah, instead. He would fold and this it's man's so body. much more Yeah. <laughs> it's so much more deadly and it's so much more economical. Um, yes. it's really good. It's very surprising. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If you've had it with your overpriced wireless plan with its insanely high monthly bill and unexpected overages, then listen to this. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Wow, right? To get this new customer offer, just go to mintmobile.com slash watch. That's mintmobile.com slash watch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for more details. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So uh, we'll put one large object on our TV screens aside and pivot to another one, which is that, as listeners know and viewers know, and uh, last week, Pam and Tommy arrived on Hulu in episode, I believe, episode two of the series. Tommy, played by Sebastian Stan, goes not only goes full frontal, he has a spirited conversation with his erect penis, a penis that speaks with its natural voice. <laughs> The cadence of our guest, Jason Manzoukas. So we're not, not going to ask you to talk about the, the the show itself. I just want to know what your time in the ADR booth was like. Like, you, had, was, you, have, you know, you have a big wang it, on the screen. You yeah, got to really like relate to it. It was connect. wild. You know, and it was, you know, it, it, I did it, it. I got, you know, it was during, obviously it was during COVID. I got a text from Seth Rogen that just said, hey, we want you to be the, the voice of <laughs> Tommy Lee's dick in this show. Now, and I... You could get that text at any time, right? In the last <laughs> yep. eight years. Totally. Yep. Uh, and I texted him back and I was like, yes, absolutely. So this, this is doesn't the most go, insane. This doesn't this go to your most... team. This doesn't go to your agent who then is not, negotiating. Not first. <laughs> not first. Nope. I got that text and I was like, insane text to receive. And absolutely, I'm in. And then, yeah. And then I got on a Zoom uh, with uh, Craig Gillespie and... Uh, and their team, and and honestly, like it, it, it didn't take long. You know, the scene. You know, it's not a long scene, uh, <laughs> as you've seen. Uh, but uh, so it didn't take very long. But it was really funny, um, and it's been for such a quick, for such a quick thing. We did, you know, 
you know, probably we were on for 35 minutes, yeah. maybe. To watch it now have exploded over the last week, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. um, it has been really funny uh, and really wild. And it, it makes me really happy that people are finding the show, enjoying the show, all that kind of stuff. But it really, it, it was a very hilarious <laughs> series of uh, uh, texts and messages. And then just the to do it, because they sent me just the scene mm. so that I could watch sure. what what I was doing, you know? And that, to have no context for this show, except for that one scene, was bananas. <laughs> I wonder if we should start doing that for you, but that's the only way you ever get to see television. Mm. <laughs> it's just like... And then, he, and then here's here's Luke training Grogu. <laughs> like that's just like, don't worry about it. Don't you don't you don't need to know that it was a Boba Fett show. What else? What else have you been kind of watching recently? I, oh, did you have wait, a follow up, Andy? Did you? Have no, a I'm just. I, I just was curious. I was looking, Jason, at your IMDb page. I was just wondering what this has done to it in terms of like the the, the roles there. You know? It, oh it, yeah. But uh, it, it is it on it, there? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Brooklyn Nine Nine, the classic sure. role of Adrian Pimento. We baby Here's bears. The thing. I'm a little episode concerned. Sixteen Zorpo. Yeah, of voice. course, good, classic Zorpo. And then Pam and Tommy, 2022. Tommy Lee's yeah. penis voice. Thank God for I'm that. A little parenthetical, uh, by the way. I'm a little worried that I am being typecast as a dick. Um, <laughs> but yes, no, it's it's really it's right in line. You know, it, you know, I, I I was very happy that uh, that you know when they when they thought of who could voice this uh, and and somebody pointed out to me, which I did not know is somebody said Tommy Lee, and it's, I guess, a big part of it is that he's Greek, and I'm Greek, so there is something, there is something about the fact that, that a Greek man is voicing a Greek That's man's true. penis uh, that is, uh, that I really like that. <laughs> That's beautiful, actually. That's the, a little emotional about that. Before we let you go, I just wanted to see, yeah. you know, you, you were talking about Station Eleven, but, you know, what, what yeah. have you been watching recently? What have we not talked to you about? Um, what okay? Let's see. Well, I've I've heard you guys talk about it uh, before, but I'm there have been a couple of sitcoms that have come out that I think have been really great. Like I'm, you know, like I feel like I'm I'm a little bit back in a lockdown, in a kind of rigid home based lockdown. So I am, you know, I love Station Eleven, but it's intense it and intense. it stresses me out. So finding things like Abbott Elementary or a Phil Jackson's Grand Crew. Or um, Southside South on Side's HBO. Yeah. Um, season 10 of Jared Kiso's Letter Kenny came out on Hulu, which is a show that I just absolutely adore. Like, really fun. Oh, MacGruber. Like, I watched, I crushed all of MacGruber because <laughs> it's fucking absurd. I keep and for, it's this so is funny. I keep forgetting it exists. Like, that's so yeah, crazy man. that they made that. I'm going to watch that. The Rewatch the movie. It's one of the funniest movies of the last 15 years. And this show is great. Um, what else? I loved, uh, oh, you know what I loved? I talked, I feel like when I came on last time, we talked about Steve Conrad's, um, the uh, Patriot, uh, Patriot yeah. rather. And then he also did a show this year, uh, a stop motion animation show called Ultra City Smiths. Oh, yeah. And you voiced something on that. I did do a voice on it, but uh, uh, but in my voice, my part is very small, so I, I'm not speaking to it on that level. The show is fucking awesome. Um, so if you haven't seen it, find that and watch it immediately. It's called Ultra City Smiths. It's great. And then, of course, Gemstones is back. Hilarious. I mean, I'm really enjoying Peacemaker. And I'm, I was on the fence about Boba Fett until it turned into Mandalorian 2.5. Mandalorian 2.5. And now I'm like, when Cad Bane showed up last week, I pretty much lost my entire mind. <laughs> so you, that's like a guy that you were very familiar with, his oh, work from the yeah. animated series. Okay. Yeah. 
and like a a you know the way that we all felt about Boba Fett as like the 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 biggest badass in the galaxy is who Cad Bane is in the animated series. It's, I have to ask. So Chris, last week when we talked about this, you repeatedly referred to him with the name yeah, of Memphis Grizzlies Desmond, player Desmond Desmond Bane. Desmond Bane. Now, were you doing a, a bit about the Grizzlies? I was or were there just like, too many Banes? No, I just was like refusing to call him Cad Bane. I wanted to call, I mean, uh, I, I was also just- And you also weren't calling him Bane, like- <laughs> Which I also wondered about. And I also, I didn't, I didn't say anything because I didn't Google- Desmond Bane? Or, or character with wires on his face that the fans are going to love. Like I didn't sure. get that. But then I was curious that either Chris was like uh, mixing him up with a, an NBA player who's really coming to his own this year, but also giving him his own father's name. Yeah. Chris, that was Chris's dad's That's name. That's my dad's and I was name. Like, I was like, this is too heavy for the watch podcast. Wow. When you see Cad Bane, do you like, is it echoes of your dad? It's true. It is. Yeah. It goes all soft like Jack Reacher's flashbacks. Oh my God. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. I'm, I, 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 yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, for you guys, I know, listen, you know, I listen to you guys. You guys are not Star Wars people, but, you know, or not, you know, not deep Star Wars people. So, like, for me, like I'm texting you guys about Reacher, but I'm texting Mal and Jason about about, about, Cad, about Cad Bane. Right. And I'm you know? I'm texting uh, members of the Memphis Grizzlies front office and just being like, <laughs> I can't believe Desmond Bane has the time, you know, between being on one of the most exciting young teams. It's great. It's, we all have different avenues. We can put things in the right boxes. So um, right. I'm trying to think of what. Oh, you know what I'm watching? The other. The, I'll just shout out a couple of other things just because they're great. Uh, they put out another season of Staff Let's Flats, yeah. which is Jamie Dimitriou's incredible uh, British sitcom about a Greek family of real estate agents. And it's absolutely <laughs> Yeah, hilarious. it's really good. It's all on HBO Max. I, that's a, that's great. Really strong. And then a bunch of the people from that are in the British version of Ghosts, oh, which I don't yeah. know if you guys have was watched. It, was the British version of Ghosts the original version of Ghosts? Yes. yes. Okay. And the woman on that show was on uh, Feel Good. Which was the May Martin show oh. that I liked so much. Oh, okay, okay, maybe I don't. I didn't watch I, that. So again, I, don't know. I was texting the Memphis Grizzlies yeah. front office about that show, not talking about <laughs> it on the podcast as much. But we'll there's three up. seasons of it, also on HBO Max. It's it's called Ghosts. They they there's a CBS version of it now, and that show is wonderful yes. and really funny and really great. Um, Sex Life of College Girls, guys, loved it. Loved every minute of it. Thought it was great. Really enjoy These it. are all really good recommendations. We're going to have to, and we say this, but we have to have you back on in a, a shorter interval next time. Maybe maybe we can do a Reacher season end recap at some point. Oh, soon. yeah, the Reacher on? Yeah, the Reacher on. <laughs> Jason. When we, when we right reach there. around the whole series? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. back in for the Reacher on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to us today. Thanks to Kaya for producing. We'll be back on Thursday. <laughs> 